You're listening to another episode of The Zag. Actress Soap here, joined by Ernest Lever Jr. from the 2021 NLC Columbus Class. Excited to catch up with him. We'll reflect a little bit on his NLC experience last year and also hear what he's working on these days. Thanks for tuning in this episode. Let's get to it. Yeah, Ernest, you know, we just finished with the 2022 fellows, um, finishing up their January lead weekend. What do you remember about your lead weekend from January 2021? Yeah, I remember lead weekend being a great opportunity to just have a, a mini existential crisis, you know, and just really <laughs> okay. reflect on uh, everything that's important to us in life, right? Do we, where am I at? Where do I want to go? What do I want to do? What what impact do I want to make? Um, and it, it was a good, good refresher. Um, we did a lot of vision casting. I remember the one exercise we did is what's your perfect day? Yeah. And, um, you know, I just remember saying like every day for me is, would be different, but, but working towards that. So uh, yeah, just gearing up, learning more about ourselves and, and getting matched with our, our mentors and learning more about our the people in our class. Yeah, and one of the features of the NLC experience is the, the Capstone Project. And for folks that, that don't know, that's kind of a chance for the fellows to put together an initiative or a project or something that they want to focus on or maybe dig a little bit deeper into. Ernest, you have one of the more unique ones that I've seen. Uh, tell folks what you ended up doing for your Capstone Project. Yeah, absolutely. So I really enjoyed the... Uh, weekend that we had on labor and solidarity and, uh, you know, just um, group economics. And so one of the things I'd been interested prior to coming into NLC is just this idea of cooperative economics and and co-ops. So for my capstone, I actually merged my two passions in one skill area. So I have a passion for youth development, a passion for economic empowerment, and and I'm really known as the chess guy here in Columbus, (laughs) Ohio. And so the idea was to create a producer cooperative focused on chess making. So again, it would be a practice in solidarity economics, a practice in cooperative economics, and that the the co-op will be built out and collectively owned. People can learn about co-ops and this idea that every owner of the organization has one vote, whether you put in a bunch of money or you put in a bunch of time, Um, you know, the profits are shared. These are the ideas I heard about. And especially in, in Columbus, thinking about everything being gentrified and certain businesses, especially in the black owned, black community, going out of business and just thinking about what are ways we can come together economically and not just buying from each other, but also going into business together. Uh, that was the question. And so now we're building out a space, right? We're, we're actually moving forward. This last summer, we had a chance to pilot um, an example of the programming where students came, went to Otterbein University, went to a makerspace there and actually made their own chess boards. They 3D printed chess pieces. They, they had some pieces made out of resin. And so they got to not only learn how to play chess and learn leadership skills through chess, but also got a chance to get hands on, do some mindfulness exercises and, and, and learn some crafting in the process. And where did your love of chess come from in the first place? Yeah, I've been playing chess since about fourth grade. Uh, the, the legend goes that I picked up a book <laughs> at, a, at a book fair, read it and kind of expressed interest in my parents. Uh, we're, we're pretty supportive of that. I got a software program in middle school from my father and, and I really just took to that. You know, it's funny kids these days play video games. I'm like, we've played video games since video games were video games. Sure. So we, we can't keep ragging on this, <laughs> these young folk. Uh, our video games were just less active. You know, I was I was up late at night playing playing chess on the computer. Hmm. And uh, yeah, and, and played all through high school. And, and for me, I didn't even know about the competitive world of chess. Uh, I didn't know about tournaments. I didn't play in a tournament until I was like 22. And that was only to say I had played in one. Uh, so if I'm telling young folk to play, they, they they can say, well, have you done one? I'm like, yep, I did it. 
Um, and I'm officially profitable. I won twenty dollars. Hey. I'm out here. Um, but yeah, so that's how I got into it and, and started an organization called the Royal Oak Initiative, ROI, uh, originally with this idea of, you know, teaching some financial literacy and, and leadership skills through the game of chess and, and really just providing young people with positive role models and, and exposure. When we come back with Ernest, we'll talk more about chess. We'll talk more about his professional endeavors for spreading the word of chess. Thanks for tuning in this episode of The Zag. We'll be right back. I'm always interested in states in the middle of the country. I'm out here in Los Angeles right now, and I'm always curious about Ohio. What do people misunderstand about Ohio? What do people misunderstand about Ohio? Um, I would say one of the things that I misunderstood about Ohio, I'm originally from Dallas, Texas. So when you think of the Midwest, a lot of times you just think of a bunch of farming and cornfields. And and it is a lot of that. Um, But there's also some really strong urban pockets. (laughs) And, and I uh, am excited to see, especially my, during my time in NLC, a lot of the progressive communities uh, here, right? That there's a, a lot and we, we have pretty strong relationships. Um, it also is pretty interesting because we are in the middle of the country. There's a lot of transplants here. There's a lot of crossover here. There's people, I, a lot of my friends recently are from Cali and they're like, Ernest, you got Cali vibes. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Uh, but I also move really fast. So I got a lot of New York and like East Coast in me. Okay. Right. <laughs> so it's like this really cool collision of, of cultures. Uh, that's at least been the experience for me. Um, and I would say that the weather is really random. Everyone thinks it's just cold and snowy. It's not. Nah, it's really random here. Yeah. And then how would you describe the, the school system? Is it heavy on traditional district schools or charters or independent schools? You know, you mentioned you're working with youth and kids and trying to spread the word on chess. I was curious, like, what kind of interactions you're having with schools out there? Yeah, so it's it's a little bit of everything for real, and and the educational system is is always funny and touchy depending on who you're talking mm-hmm. to. Uh, but you know, Columbus has one of the largest school districts in the country. It has a lar- Columbus has the largest school district in the state for sure, um, with over a billion dollar budget. Uh, and, and so I do most of my work focused on the on the public schools, but um, naturally the charter schools and private schools are also vying for enrollment and resources. Interesting. And when you're talking to kids and trying to get them to consider chess, are you competing against sports, video games mostly? Like, what's the kind of the power ranking of of where where chess falls as you're trying to convince kids to take the leap? Yeah, I don't really do a lot of convincing of <laughs> trying to get focused. My at least not in phase one. I say in this season, mm. the focus is on finding folks who already enjoy playing who or who already want to learn. Nice. Um, and what we're focusing on doing is shifting the culture in Columbus. I'm really uh, dry, trying to drive the culture of chess here and, and, and focusing on making chess, I mean, Columbus a chess city. Um, you know, I think about like the St. Louis uh, Chess Club and, and Hub and how they just poured a bunch of resources and energy and time in, into St. Louis. And now it's it's booming, right? There's chess in all the schools and there's tons of really good chess players being pumped out of there. And then and they're about to expand, expand the St. Louis Chess Club. I'm like, man, if St. Louis can do it, let's, let's do it in Columbus. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's really been the focus is on finding them. And 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 honestly, we're, we're, we're pack animals, right? We're humans are animals at the end of the day. So you see a group of people doing anything and having a good time, you'd be like, let me check out what they're doing over there, nice. right? And, and so that's how we're getting people interested. Um, I will say we naturally do compete time-wise with, with sports and whatnot, but it, it's been pretty cool integrating. My my approach is not to try to convince someone to stop what they're doing my goal is to say hey uh when are you free like let's let's get together and 
and incorporate chess into what you're already doing. You know, we've, we've merged or we've tied chess into some basketball camps before. Uh, in fact, a lot of the, the guys I play with the, and, and ladies I play with, they're basketball heads too, right? We I play a lot of casual coffee house chess. Okay. Um, I don't do a lot of the academic competitive chess. There's there's a lot of that in Columbus already. Um, you know, so we yeah, we long story short, we like to have fun with it. Uh, I, I don't like playing boring chess. Like I've, I've done that. I played the four or five hour games before my head hurts and, and my brain is oozing out of my ears. And, and some people love that stuff. Uh, not necessarily my style. You know, we're, we're talking smack. We're moving quick. We, we did a meetup the other day at a spot when there was like karaoke going on. Oh, wow. People were like, whoa, this is crazy. So, uh, yeah, we like to have a good time. And, and I think when you have a good time and uh, it's good vibes and you attract good people. Last thing, if folks wanted to learn more or reach out to you to hear how maybe they can get stuff going where they live, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, so um, easiest way to connect with the Royal Oak Initiative is to go to the ROIchess.org. That is T-H-E-R-O-I chess.org. Uh, or follow us at T-H-E-R-O-I chess on social media platforms. Um, yeah, that's the easiest way to get a hold of me directly. And, and beyond that, um, you, you tap in your resources. Love it. We'll put all the info in the episode description. Hopefully folks can reach out and make a connection. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the zag. Make sure to catch all the past episodes that are always up and on the places you get your podcast. We dropped a few this week and last week. So check those out featuring our amazing NLC alums. And so until next time, we'll catch you soon.